We welcome everyone back here to Eretz Yisrael Yerushalayim for Parshas Mishpatim. Parshas Mishpatim, many, many halachas, many different dinim. We just finished Matan Tayyar last week and we're thrown right into the thick of things. All the different mitzvahs, halachas, monetary commandments, interpersonal relationships. And let's deal a bit with that tonight. Slaves, slaves, <clears throat> as the parsha begins, all about different types of avadim, different types of slaves, and all the intricate and different halachas. I'm sure many people here learned the Gemara's in Kedushin with regard to this, but let's try to delve a bit deeper into what exactly is going on with the avadim. So we'll begin by pointing out that there's a bit of a, we could call it a dichotomy of such, that when it comes to Avadim, when it comes to a slave, we find polar opposites. On one hand, we find the Gemara in Kedushin and Avchav teaches us a famous statement. When you buy an Eved, you buy a slave, you think you bought yourself a worker. You think I'm in control. You think I control him. No, says the Gemara. As if you acquired a master. And based off of the Pesukim and Dvarim, we all know very famously that if the master has one pillow, who does it go to? So we would think, I have one pillow, and I should give it to my help? I have one blanket, and I should give it to my help? Some of us wonder if we had a good friend sleeping at our house, and we only had one blanket. Would I give it to him? Or would I, you know, tell him to figure it out? When we have a slave, says the Gemara, it's as if you have a master. He gets the pillow. He gets the blanket. He gets, when there's one, you must give it to him. He's an Adain. He's a master. And as much as, of course, he is the slave, he is the servant. But on the other hand, we find that what happens? After six years, he decides he wants to remain a slave. He decides he likes this life. He's getting pillows and blankets. He's being treated like a royalty. He's being treated like a prince. He has to work, of course. But at some level, he has wonderful accommodations. What do we do? We take his ear, we put it on the door, and we slam a hole through his ear. And if we think about this for a moment, there's different punishments in the Torah. There's different times we find Malchus lashes, and we find Samu Rechayim Misa, and different types of Misa. But where do we ever find? And in truth, there is nowhere else that we find that one needs to get a punishment, which is almost a symbol, that for the rest of his life he's going to have this hole in his ear. Why? So harsh, extreme. Let's try to figure this out. On one hand, we have this, he's the Adain, he's the master. On the other hand, when he wants to leave and he decides to stay, we make a hole in his ear. So Rashi quotes a Mechota that explains exactly what's going on, that why in the ear? Because the ear is the ear that heard on Har Sinai. What did he hear on Har Sinai? Two different things, explains Rashi. Number one, it heard, do not steal. Last week's parsha. And what did he go and do? He stole. And that's why he had to be sold into slavery. So he stole, we make a hole in his ear. Because the ear that should have heard to listen to Hashem, the ear that should have heard to follow Torah and mitzvahs, did the wrong thing, that ear is deserving of punishment. The Mechilta explains further, what if he didn't steal? There are times that one could just sell himself into slavery. He could just decide he wants to be a slave. On that, the Mechilta says that the ear that heard that you should be an Eved to Hashem, 
Liavadim, says Hashem, only to me. You're my children and you're my Evan. You work for me. And you go and you decide you want to work for someone else. That ear is deserving to be pierced. But if we think about this for a moment, both of these explanations, when should the piercing have been done? The piercing should have been done right away. When he decided to steal and be sold into slavery. Right then and there we should say, you stole, that ear didn't listen, boom, make a hole. You don't want to be God's servant, you want to be a servant to someone else, slam, hole in the ear. Why are we waiting after six years? So two difficulties that we have to deal with. One, the global picture, that we have this Eved who's this master who's getting everything, wonderful treatments. But on the other hand, he's having this terrible punishment. The rest of his life, almost a scar in his body. Something we find somewhere, nowhere else. And on the other hand, why is this being done only after six years? Why isn't it being done right away when he did the crime? Right away when he decided not to be the Eved to Hashem? So Rosham Shemarfal Hirsch explains that the placement teaches it all. The placement of where Avadim are in the Torah. Like we started. We just had Matan Torah. We just finished receiving the Torah and right away we're thrown into Avadim. Right away we're thrown into this person who did something wrong. He stole, he sold. He's the master. You're the not master. You have to give him your item. Why? Because when we have to figure out how to deal with people, when we have to figure out, we have to figure out how to deal with different types of people. Similar to what we spoke about last week, we have to deal with making peace with one another, how to live with one another even when we disagree with them. Says Rosham Shinrafal Hirsch, the Torah begins by bringing down the greatest example who to learn from. No one lower, worse, disgusted, despised than the lowly servant that stole, than the person that decided, I don't need to be a free person. I'll sell myself to slavery. From that person, we're going to learn how to treat another human being. From this person, he stole. He's my worker. He didn't have to come here. He chose to be here. And what does the tire tell me? He's the Adain. He's a human being. You have to treat him properly. You have one pillow, you have one blanket, you have one of anything, he gets it. When we internalize that, we slowly could realize the value of a human being and how to treat a human being and then the Torah can begin. Then all the Allahs can begin. Then all the other dinim of interpersonal relationships can begin. But this only could work if we recalibrate our brains and realize who is the owner. You're not the owner. He's not the Evan. Well, that's what we think. Only when we change that, only when we realize, no, he's the Adon, he has to be honored, then we can take the next step and go into the rest of the Torah. With that bit of an understanding of what an Evan is and why the Torah specifically right here spoke about Avadim, we can go and try to figure out why was this only after six years? Why didn't we do this in the beginning? He did something wrong. He stole. He decided to be an Eved. So why don't we pierce his ear right away? 
The Nesiva Shalom has a beautiful pshat that really takes us back, puts us into the mindset of the slave, and through the lens of the slave himself, will allow us to understand what really is going on over here. Allow us to understand this unique situation, this slave which we're treating so incredibly, yet getting the worst punishment at the end of the day. To understand exactly what the story, the sugya, the parsha of Avadim is here to teach us. Explains the Nesiva Shalom, let's flip the coin, let's switch perspectives, let's go into the perspective of the slave. Till now, we've been talking about the master. The master has to accord the slave incredible honor. He is the Adonim. Give him the pillow, give him the blanket. It teaches us how we have to treat another human being. If you have to treat a slave this way, certainly you have to treat another Jew this way. But now let's go and let's put ourselves in the eyes of the slave. The slave six years ago, when he committed the crime, whether it's that he stole, whether it's that he just decided, I can't live on my own. I'm selling myself. God said you should be his servant. Eh, I'll be a servant to another master. Whatever the reason is, at that point, that slave was at a very low place. Should we call it rock bottom? Perhaps. Who is to know? Maybe he tried this business venture and this deal and he tried everything. And nothing worked. And finally, he gave in to temptation. He stole tax evasion. He stole. Grabbed someone else's money. He sold as a slave. He's at a very low place. The creation of the six-year process, six years is reminiscent of the six days of creation, the six days of the week. We have six days of the week that lead up to... Shabbos Kodesh, the six days of creation until the day of rest. The six years were supposed to be six days, six years that trained the Eved. You are a Jew and we want you to be part of society. We want you to be an upstanding individual. We don't want you to be a lowly slave. We don't want you to decide that you're working for the master and not for God. So for six years, we're going to give you the white glove treatment. For six years, we're going to treat you like a master. It's true. Right now, you're in a low place, rock bottom. You just stole. You just decided you're going to sell yourself. But we're going to take you. We're going to baby you. We're going to cradle you. We're going to give you everything. You are going to get first class treatment. And this is a design. So now let's go into those eyes of the slave. He should slowly become a new person. He should be coming, going from rock bottom and being built up, being treated incredibly, being treated better than anything he's ever dreamed of. And slowly he should be infused and slowly he should be raised up to the point that what is supposed to happen at the end of six years. At the end of six years, he's supposed to walk into his master, a changed person, a new person. He's supposed to walk in with a smile, a resignation letter, a hug and a kiss to the master that treated him so incredibly. And at that moment, he's supposed to say, I'm ready to be a good Jew. He didn't. He said, I want to stay. You want to stay? We treated you like royalty. We treated you like a master. And you want to stay? You're happy here? Complacency? You like that just everything is catered to you? 
You don't want to go back home and face reality. You're nervous that you didn't have money and you're going to not be able to make ends meet. You don't want to be ready to be the servant to God. You get this terrible punishment. We make a blemish on your body, one that will last you forever. Because how could you do such a thing? This is the punishment. This is bringing out the devastation of one that is not ready to face his challenges. That's not ready to grow. That's not ready to be part of civilization. That doesn't want to try. Complacency. It's okay. Why should I work hard? I have a great life here. The master is taking care of me. Everything is wonderful. Why should I try harder? Why go back home? Home to all its issues? My lack of money? Why? I'd rather stay here. And that's why he gets this incredible punishment. A punishment we don't find anywhere else in the Torah. Malchus, 39 lashes, is terrible, painful. But you get over it. You move on. Here forever he's going to have that hole in his ear. Because forever he is labeled, marked. He's a person not ready, willing to grow. And that's the worst thing of all. This is the message of the Evid Ivri. This is the message of Parshish Mishpatim as it begins in teaching us interpersonal relationships. And just to take this one step lower to our lives, one step more real, let's play this out a little bit more. What does this mean? A person who had six years of royalty, six years of being treated like the master, six years that he was supposed to come out on top, and he can't, he can't face society, He's too nervous to step into the boxing ring because he might fall. He doesn't want to play the game because he might lose. I can't make the business deal because I might fail. I can't try to turn on a computer because I'm not going to be able to help myself. I can't go to society because I'm not going to be able to control myself. You're not willing to try. You're not willing to be involved in anything. You want to just sit back. Let the master give you everything. Complacency? Boom! We nail your ear. You're a person that should be marked and labeled forever. Because you're not willing to grow. You're not willing to try hard. And that's the worst thing of all in Yiddishkeit. In Judaism, we favor trying. Something we've spoken about so many times. You have to be willing to fail. That snowboarder, if he's not willing to take that edge, there's no way he'll ever get better. He'll always be mediocre. A life of mediocrity. A life of, it's okay. The bunny slopes are fine. It's nice and smooth. We go up the magic carpet and down the bunny slope. So simple. Why try harder? To go up the big mountain? But I'm going to fall. To try and go up the bigger mountain? To make that tight turn? but I'm going to fall on my back end. It's going to hurt me for a week. That's true. But if you're not willing to take the risk, if you're not willing to ride that edge, we all know you'll never get better. You'll never grow. Judaism is the same way. And this Evid Ivri that favors complacency, that favors letting someone else run his life, someone else give him everything, that's the worst thing of them all. And to conclude with the words of Rabbi Hutner, 
Rav Hunter points out the symbolism, the symbolism, I'm sorry, of the ear. Explains Rav Hunter. The ear is getting this hole. You know why? What does the ear represent? The ear represents the quintessential receiver. Hands give and take. Every part of the body can give and take. But the ear can't give. You don't give anything with your ear. You take in with your ear. You only receive. You can receive good things. You can listen to Torah. You can listen to Shira. That's true. But the ear can never give. So when we have this person, this complacent individual, this person that's happy with mediocrity, that's fine on the bunny slope, why try hard? Why subject myself to failure? We take his ear. We take that part of his body that is only receiving, not doing anything more. And that's where we make the hole. To show you're just one big receiver. You're just a person that needs everything catered to you. That is the worst of them all. But let's conclude with some words of hope, some words of chizik. Because for many of us, we feel, I've been living my life this way for one, five, 10, 20, 30, 50 years. I've always taken the easy route. I've always been happy, complacent, calm, never trying too hard. That's what I am. And some of us might wonder, wait, maybe there's a hole in my ear. Maybe it's too late. What should I do? The Parsha's screaming at me. This Evan is yelling at me, telling me that I simply chose a life to stay by the master forever. I chose a life to have someone else catering to me forever. A life of no hardships. A life of no trials. A life of no difficulties. But not difficulties in anything else, but difficulties in trying to grow is what we're referring to. To be clear, we're not talking about one should try to, to just be a difficult life. Of course not. We're talking about one that's willing to step into the boxing ring because he wants to come out on top. He's willing to work out to build his muscles. He's willing to play a game because he wants to win. And Yiddish guy, he's willing to start learning. It's going to be difficult, but he's going to conquer and he's going to finally this time do the death. This time he's finally going to learn the halacha. He's opened up the Mishtabura so many times, but this time he's going to prevail. Tfilah, how many times we tried this sitter and that explanation? We tried to listen to this year. We tried this Eitzah. We tried switching to this shul. And we just can't do it. We just can't daven. I just don't know how to daven. It just doesn't work. I'm going to fight again. But some of us feel it's too late. It's too late. Just like that Evan. After six years, when he walks in, instead of walking in and saying, thank you, the hug and the kiss, I'm ready to fight. He says, no, pierce that ear. He's lost. But is it forever? Of course not. That's Yoivo. After 50 years, 50 years is symbolizing a lifetime. After a lifetime of this person being an Eved, this person being complacent, this person being pampered, this person being the Adani, this person having everything given to him, this person who willingly chose to stay a servant for 50 years, what finally happens? Yevil comes, even that Eved goes free, which is the Torah's way of giving us the Chizik, to teaching us there is hope for everyone. We should never feel it's over. We should never feel I live my life forever this way. 
I can't get involved. Yes, you can. You never get stuck up? It's never too late. You never dive into the minion? You can start now. You never learned. That's the biggest example. How many people, their whole lives never learned. And this time started doing Dafyani. Every single one of them is a living testament to Yaivo. That 50 years, 50 years of complacency, 50 years of not fighting to learn, maybe fighting in other areas, but with regard to learning, 50 years that the Gemara, that the Talmud was something they couldn't do. They couldn't break into it. It was foreign, it was Aramaic, it was Chinese. I couldn't do it. 50 years. They have such a huge hole in the ear. But then Yaivo comes. And Yevil sets us all free. And Yevil says, even those Avadim, even they have hope. There is hope for everyone. So as we learn the parish of Avadim, as we realize the placement of Avadim right after Mata and Daira, as it's teaching us how we have to be so careful with our interpersonal relationships, like we spoke about last week, to stop fighting with everyone. Of course, we're going to disagree. We're not going to agree on everything. But agree to disagree and just don't fight. Don't fight. Find a way to find the common ground. If the Ebed, this lowly servant, this despicable person like we think, we have to treat him like a master. That's what we have to realize. That the Adoin has to tell himself, I have to treat everyone beautifully. But even more so is looking through the eyes of that Ebed, of that servant. It's time for us to realize mediocrity, complacency, Bunny slopes is not a place for a Jew. A Jew's place is the black diamond. A Jew's place is jumping into the boxing ring and trying again. A Jew's place is buying a new sitter and trying a third time, a fifth time, a hundredth time to eventually figure out a way to connect to God. I can never learn. I'm going to try this type of limud. Gemara, halacha, mishnah, there's something for everyone. I'm never going to give in. When we look through the eyes of that Evid, as he approaches the six years and he walks to the master, are we going to walk in and we're going to give him our ear? We're going to say, mediocrity, give me the pina colada, give me the beach chair. I want to just watch the game. I don't want to play. To play, you get sweaty. You could get hurt. You could get bruised. Nah, I'll just sit back and watch. That is not the place for a Jew. The place for a Jew is to jump up and jump right in. Get involved and figure out a way to grow. And somehow, in Mir Hashem, if we all try together, learn the lesson of the Eved, realize how the ear is so important it's to receive, let it receive Tyra and let it not get that blemish. Let it not get labeled as one who's not willing to grow and realize that that's the beautiful dichotomy of the Eved. Yes, he spent six years of being the master. And then, of course, it makes beautiful sense that if he, after six years, can't grow, if after six years he keeps that label, mediocrity, that label, complacency, that label, leisure, that label, vacation for my entire life, we nail that ear, the terrible punishment, the mark of a slave, a mark that'll be there forever. Because that's the worst thing of that all. And Amir Tashem, if we read and learn and try together, we'll all be able at some level to grow and at the very least realize there's always the yoyvel, there's always hope. There's always a time that we can get better, throw ourselves back in and continue growing to live a life like a from Torah Jew. Good job.